Hello and welcome to the Book by Book, a podcast about the odd book or two you've read. I'm your host Scott and I'm not alone, Toby's here too. This episode we're talking about Doctor Sleep by Stephen King. It's going to be a pretty spoiler heavy episode, but if that's okay with you, continue on and I'll see you on the other side. No, definitely not. I don't. I think. I think. Um, for me, La La Land is is. I, I really enjoyed La La Land. Um, mm, so much in the that cinema. based on the chemistry, right? Yeah, exactly. And that chemistry already existed between those two characters, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, because they'd been in movies before together. Mm. So it was yeah. And I've heard Small her sing in the I don't think she's a good singer. Emma Watson, no. Mm. I don't think she's a bad singer, as it were, but, I, I, you know, musical singing is, mm-hmm. in theory, a level on its own. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. I guess I remember but, when uh, Sweeney Todd came out and a lot of actors were just flat-out pissed that uh, Tim Burton had just gave it to Johnny Depp and Helen Bonner, kind of like, can they sing? Yeah, yeah. And even Tim Burton <laughs> was like, I just trust Johnny. I asked him if he could sing. He said he thought he could. I trusted him. Like, you, mm-hmm. you want to audition that? I know at that stage, it's like, have you asked your friend to audition, but... Yeah, know. yeah, they're kind of. Um, I guess that's the each other's power, pockets. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. Uh, talking of talking of musicals, Ooh. they they normally send me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we haven't got a good segue in ages. Damn. No, we haven't. I thought you were going to come with that me with a good segue for this one. No, well, I don't know how to. It's like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. How do we mm-hmm. get from La La Land? To well, Stephen King's Doctor Sleep, the novel. Oh, <laughs> just like that. Uh, yeah, I really like that twist. Red, I really like that red shirt they wear in um, yeah. La La Land. Were they well, drinking? We, did, rum? we almost had a really Were good they drinking one. Drinking rum in uh, the <laughs> it's all red rum. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we did almost have a good one. We 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 were talking about theme tunes and famous theme tunes from movies, and um, you you mentioned that when the trailer music for Doctor Sleep kicked in and it had the music from The Shining mm. playing over the top of it, you were like, oh! Yeah. Um, and then I like Blade Runner. Exactly. Uh-huh. And and the, yeah, the, the Blade Runner. Famous theme music. Blah, blah, blah. Doctor Sleep. Poof, segue. Thank you very much. Smooth. For three. Yeah. So, Doctor Sleep. Toby, you've been waiting for this about one me. for a while. You've been on about me at this book for ages. Mm-hmm. So now I have read it. Shut the mm-hmm. f up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> move on. <laughs> uh, firstly, you're a maniac, Toby, and you definitely keep me on my toes. Here's, here's something for the listener. About about two weeks ago, Toby was, oh, how's it going? I'm like, yeah, good. Uh, I'm just um, halfway through listening to the the Shining audiobook. He's like, oh, cool. What do you think? I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, uh, good. Blah, blah blah. He's like, haven't haven't you read that? I'm like, yeah. I read it. This is like the second time in the audio, but we, we did the podcast, remember? It's like, oh, I'm so mm. confused. Why? I was like, oh, because I started reading Dr. Sleep, Dr. Sleep. And in the first few pages, it's like, it, it's a direct carry on almost. It's like the next day or the next few weeks from The Shining. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I'm just going to go back. And, and with the audio book for me, depending on how work is, I can get a good four hours in a day or something. So that's mm. maybe three days to do the audio book. Toby texts me, I'm going to paraphrase here, but something along the lines of, what, you've read it and you listen, you're doing it again? Yeah, just, just to refresh me. You dick, you're just procrastinating. 
Get on with it. You don't need to read The Shining. Just read it. <laughs> well, it's, it, I think you'd read the book twice, listened to the audio pass before, and now you were doing it for the fourth time, I think. It was something like that. I was like, oh, come on, just get on with it already. Very gets, much like that, yeah. It gets better, you know. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. want to go into it too much because there's a whole hour, you know, interesting what we think of The Shining. Let's get back <laughs> a few but the first time I read it, I was a bit, I, it's okay, it's just different to what I expected because I was part of the movie and now this is what three or four time I read it it just gets a bit better each time it's just mm-hmm. just really cool just the drama of it is heartbreaking yes um, completely agree mm-hmm. I've only yeah. read the book once but I have seen the film a couple of times mm. and the TV miniseries obviously loads of uh, stuck with us for several I feel like there's going to be another one sometime, huh? Shining TV or movie or miniseries. Oh, but maybe I'd be surprised anytime soon, but maybe. Mm. So in 2013, Stephen King whops out a sequel, as it were, to The Shining. An unexpected sequel to boot. Nobody really Mm. saw it coming. I think in the little intro, he says he was doing some promo book signing for 11... 22. and uh someone was just like hey what's danny up to now Mm -hmm. and he said he's always he's always wondered he's always had it in him like you know um i think i think who's that other writer is it brett brett easton ellis sometimes tweets like oh i think um i forgot his name now american psycho character Uh, like there was a spate where he was just tweeting like i think he'd be listening to coldplay in this in this era I think he'd be watching these TV shows, just sort of mm-hmm. like, where would he be now? And I guess Keith, yeah. Stephen King had that urge um, or that, that feel, and he just sort of like made the decision to do a sequel to The Shining. That is Doctor Sleep. Doctor uh, Sleep. You said you read this. You, uh, you were already into King at this stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, very much so. This was one of the first... This kick-started my... I'm going to collect first editions. At this point, I didn't really have an awful lot of Stephen King books. I now have over 63. Was this before um, or after the incident in the shop with the box of books? This this came directly after. I bought this because it was a sequel after. to The Shining. Oh, okay. and then And then this run of going into Oxfam and there just being a box full of Stephen King's being bought in at the same time mm. as me. As the me. universe was just poking Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and then I pursued it. So, yeah, Dr. Sleep. Mm-hmm. It's the reason I now have a bookcase full of Stephen King first editions, which I absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Where do we go and how are we going to kickstart this Dr. Sleep episode? Before, so you were excited to go into this. Mm. There was no trepidation because of because of what The Shining was. or No, The, no, the Shining I, is I was... what his... Second or third book written in mm-hmm. the early 70s. Yes, sir. That's and now so he's doing a sequel. Some, you know, he's he's been through an entire life experience. Yes. Yeah. He's sort yeah. of gone in and out of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess he was an alcoholic when he wrote The Shining. Yes, he was and a drug addict. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know his age then or now, but he's he's grey. He's grey haired on the, the little picture on the back of the <laughs> Obviously, like, I don't know. He's, 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 he's had a few now? life experiences, for sure. In his mid seventies, late seventies. Yeah, yeah, he's 73, 74, something like that. Right. He writes faster than I read. I, I don't know. Like, like I said, like I, 
as much as I really enjoy the book more as I go, The Shining, the, the film is just super classic for me. Yeah. And it's, it almost felt on par with, well, it's, it exactly is on par with someone just going, hey, I've just done a sequel to The Shining. It's like, ooh, after all this time as well, mm-hmm. it's like, do we, do we need this? Do yeah. we want this? Is it going to be any good? Can you stick the landing? As it right, were? right, right, right. Uh, and I think for me personally, I've talked a lot about the, I really like a lot of his old books because of the, the times they're set in. And now we're very much in the, the 21st century. With, I think mm-hmm. we're just set in, I don't know, 2006 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Danny's very much a, a middle-aged man, almost the same age his dad was in Shining, I think. Mm-hmm. So do you uh, want to take us through the, to take us through the story? Yeah, let's do that. We just just interrupt where I'm wrong, or if you have something to say, yeah. don't let me waffle on. Because I've I just finished reading it this week. I just mm-hmm. I, I took a train to Toronto. It's about a five hour train, and I had to get the same train back the next day, which puts me on like ten hours of train time. Yes, and I read like two thirds of this book in, wow. in those two sittings. That's incredible. Yeah, I I haven't read it since 2013 but i have seen the movie twice i went to the cinema and watched it and then i watched it i have it on blu-ray at home mm. so i've watched it again since then the director's cut even oh is that more gory or just longer no it's just a bit longer there's a few more fleshed out moments oh, okay is it is it one of those nonsense things where it's like you could have just put this in the movie no i, I enjoyed it it just so can you see why they cut it out yeah, you can. It didn't make it. It didn't give it make baggage it or anything, but it was a bit more snappier than the theatrical version. But because I enjoy the tale so much, I'm happy mm-hmm, to spend. Yeah, any it is like the Lord of the Rings extended. It's like I'm, you know, exactly. Sometimes there's actually scenes that take away from what's about to come, but it's just more yeah. time in that world. Yeah. Mm. So we basically open on Danny, Wendy, and Halloran in a sort of the aftermath of the events of The Shining. Uh, within the book, The Shining, they have the, the hotel explodes and Halloran, Wendy and Danny sort of escape being mauled by the hedge animals. The dad, Jack, sort of just about turns good at, at the right time mm-hmm. to, to save Danny. And they, they just sort of take a snow sleeper, trackle out. Um, and they're just pretty beat up. Wendy's sort of like a borderline broken back. Um, they're all, they're all, they're all just sort of come out of their own personal war, physically yeah. and mentally. And they get a little payment settlement that just sets them up. And I guess it's nice they're just going to say like, Wendy's lawyer thought they could, uh, if they held out, they could have got twice as much. But Wendy would just rather we're set up enough for what we need and let's get on and put this yeah, crap behind put us. Put it behind us. Mm-hmm. And so. The, the, I guess the opening 10 pages, maybe 20 pages, are sort of a montage to, to get us into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Halloran, oh no, they're not, what am I talking about? We find out that the ghosts from the hotel are not gone and dusted. Danny just every now and then will get this inkling. He will see the ghost. I think he just, he just tells Wendy, like, don't go in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so like, she calls up uh, Dick Halloran and he comes and he teaches him this trick. He's like, so the shine is like, I, I don't know if it's here or later in, but they say the, these ghosts, it's like they're, they should go to hell, but, but they know they're going to hell. So they're going to linger here. 
and they're just drawn to people with the shine, it gives them a slightly longer ghosty afterlife. Mm-hmm. And Danny Strong with the shine just sort of attracts them, especially the ones from the, the hotel. Like succulents. I guess he made them homeless by blowing up their house. I don't blame them. Yeah. I'd hold <laughs> the guy who blew up my house if I was living in yeah. nice afterlife. <laughs> and it was a nice ballroom party. Anyway, so Dick teaches him this trick when he's a kid. It's like basically, basically like the mind palace. Yes. Go to your mind exactly palace, that. as it were, which, which is a nice thing for King. I think he's done it a few times, but it doesn't feel mm-hmm. overused. I know a dream catcher, um, mm-hmm. for example, has a very strong theme with one of the characters right. in his own mind palace. It's, it's, it's kind of the best bit about that book. Anyway, so he says to like picture a lockbox. I think he buys him a little mini lockbox. He's like, now mm-hmm. I need you to picture one mentally. And here's what you're going to do. And he sort of becomes like a mental ghostbuster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not true. He doesn't go around collecting them, but anything that can come to him, he can, he can sort of put them in this lockbox and lock it and just, they're done with. Yeah, sort of traps them in the back of his head in a chest. Mm. And which is um, cool, I guess we're getting like an expansion of what the shine is off the bat. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's going to run. If, if you are like... Tell me if this is just too um, just obscure referencing all over the place. If you're one of those people that love the original Star Wars films and what the Force was, and then when these new films came out, they're like, oh, they're, I don't know, they can touch stuff now. Oh, they can fly in space and mm-hmm. just pissed off that they were trying to expand. Mm-hmm. And you just want it pure. Then this, I don't think this book will piss you off, but they, they're going to run though to those levels mm-hmm. of what The Shining is and can do. It's gonna, it's gonna like tenfold what what you thought it could do from The Shining. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, The Shine has definitely been a thread that has been expanded on, not just in The Shining and Doctor Sleep, but throughout Stephen King's novels. I would say, because mm. a lot of people have abilities that can be attributed to The Shine. Mm. It's just different facets of being able to shine. Right, right, right. And the book definitely gets into that, the levels that mm-hmm. people have. Um, and I guess one thing it makes clear is that most people with the shine don't know. It's such a low level, they don't know they have the shine. He attributes mm-hmm. it to like, I bet he can just, you can ask him where you lost your keys and he'll know. And he'll think, everyone mm-hmm. just thinks intuition or he has a memory, but that kind of thing is the shine. Yes. Um, and then we jump. Like that's the first a really cool opening. I, I really like that. Like I think I said, it's, yeah. I think I said when we read The Shining, I think Halloran was my favourite character. Mm-hmm. I hope he's in this one, I said. And you said, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. Um, so we sort of jumped to Danny, I guess, in his mm, 20s. We jump about 10 years. Yeah. We go from like 13 to maybe 25. Mm-hmm. And it's a low start to the book. Danny has basically succumbed to his, his alcoholism. Yeah. He's falling into the same trap as his dad, basically. Yeah. Wendy has passed away mm-hmm. off screen. Man, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. C- certain characters deserve better in this book. Wendy being one of them. To, to die off screen, as it were. Kind of makes sense. But I, the, I, would, know, I mean, I don't know. I... For me, it's it, it, she wasn't she was nothing special other than the moments she had in the in the first book. Outside of that, she was just a normal person and therefore should go the way of a normal person, which is quietly into the shadows. Yeah, but we're not there for that moment. We, we just, it just, you know, Wendy died some years ago. Mm-hmm. It's the best we get. 
and we will get some mm-hmm. heartbreaking moments of her a little bit later, which I'll, I'll come to. Mm. Um, and yeah, to, to Danny's just drifting. So for the first, I don't know, 200 pages, mm-hmm. uh, incredibly beautiful. I, I love that first quarter of this book, as it were, the first mm-hmm. third. Um, it's, it's, it's not montaging, but it's just Danny drifting, trying to overcome his alcoholism and just failing at every hurdle. Mm-hmm. He's sort of misdemeanoring, getting into bar fights. You know, Doesn't he meet the, that woman? Is he that does, that right. He, so he's, it just, just hints that he has his dad's anger. I think one, one thing picking up, coming off the audiobook, Shining was just tiny little phrases he'll use. I don't think they're a wink or a cheeky wink or even like a, he was exactly like his dad. It was just nice, to, nope. you know what I mean? Because yeah. sometimes he'll only, he'll only use it once, but mm-hmm. it, it's enough. It's heartbreaking, I thought. That, that opening part of the book was very distressing, heartbreaking, mournful. Because you, because I, I, I personally walked away from Shining, really rooting for Danny um, mm. and never ever envisioning him going down this route. So to then to find him at this, such a low ebb at the beginning of this book was really quite sort of like, And it's a Jesus. long stretch. It's, it's mm. most his, his teen to young adult life. Mm-hmm. I guess it's that thing, like um, I had a friend who's, whose parents smoked quite heavily mm. and he had a brother and he was just so anti-smoking because he hate because his parents were heavy smokers. Mm. But his brother sort of picked it up. Uh, I guess there's two ways. I, I guess I, ideally, I wanted to picture Danny like never drinking anything. Oh, yeah. I, I know the dangers of alcohol. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm scarred for life. But I guess him him being sort of John Constantine style haunted is not going to help. I guess he doesn't have to deal with it quick. And I think I, you get the sort of wink that the shining wanes with age. Mm-hmm. Like for the long time, it almost feels like he's not using it or it's not, yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with his life. It's not, he's not yeah. cashing in on it. It's not so affecting I, him. It's almost like the alcohol and the drink, he's using it to subdue that, the shine basically. And he has done for so long that it's almost non-existent anymore because he has buried it so far under a pillow of oh, okay. That's interesting. I guess I didn't pick up on that. I guess mm. part of me thought maybe like because he's losing his shine there's this subconscious thing about i was special and now i'm not mm-hmm. um, it, it, it yeah. doesn't say that anywhere in the book it's just no. I, I think a part of um like the trauma of everything he's been through so there's, there's something i'm actually not clear on when they say addiction is hereditary i don't know if that's a factual they don't really. literally mean that do they it just they just mean they... if your parents are users you're more likely to use I think I think the, the, the I don't know. That's a, I, I can't really speak authoritatively on it, but I would speculate that um, if somebody in your family is susceptible or easily susceptible to substance abuse, mm. then there is a high likelihood that those same afflictions may afflict people that but, are. But that it's in the genes. Yes. Okay, I guess I have heard that. I guess I didn't know if it was like a poetic, if it's, mm. do you know what I mean? Like if, if they meant literally not. I wish I'd Google that. Let's move on quickly. <laughs> Science stuff out there that's completely. Yeah. Wrong. Well, if, if, if our listeners have anything to say on that, please add it into the, uh, the comments. Our listeners are probably the alcoholics we're talking about. I've just, you, you introducing our listeners. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so one night, um, I don't know, is it, is it Colorado, I think? 
It's funny mm-hmm. being, being the long Ken reader. There's there's so many like roundings. I'm like, did he pick this because he likes it, or is this a little just the stand? Is it have you mentioned? I'm not sure what you're about to mention, but are you going to mention the the moment with the the, the woman and the kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's basically <laughs> picks up a woman at a bar. He he just sort of wakes up, blackout, mm. black memory, black memory, blacked mm-hmm. out night mm-hmm. sort of pieces it together he's in like some sort of cheap apartment like sort of empty not not a slum but certainly not a nice place with, with some woman as the memory comes he's, he's got like bruised knuckles and he's just gonna sort of i'm gonna slip out because you know ugh, i just feel gross who is this woman mm-hmm. i don't know and then he notices all the money in his wallet is gone he said, i just got paid did she rob me what is this and then he just sees like coke all over the table and then he has the memory of kind of getting into a bar fight, going with this lady to meet a drug dealer and just, you know, the night went crazy from there. Yeah. And so he just, like, he's he's down and out of this stage, as it were. So the money is quite important to him. So he's like, oh, can I scoop up this Coke and sell it back? But then I, I travel a lot. I don't want to get caught with the Coke. That's the last thing I need. And so he sort of justifies it to himself that he's going to steal from her. He finds her purse and he finds like 70 bucks. And he's like, you know, the Coke was probably her idea. And at that moment, like a young toddler just sort of like peeks his head out of a door. And like, literally he's got his hand in her purse. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh Christ, what's going on here? Is anyone else home? Who is this toddler? The, the diaper is like, I don't know what the Sagging off the Sagging legs, stuff, yeah. it's a neglected child. And then the child like goes for the cocaine saying, Candy, He's like, oh, so he picks the baby up. I think he just puts it in the bed with his mum and sort of, I guess, cleans up, puts the coke on the shelf. And he just has this moment of like, okay, I need this money, but this is like a poor woman who's probably also a drug addict, alcoholic, with a with an infant child that's neglected. I think he sees the food stamps, so he he does this mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, uh, what's it called when you tell yourself it's okay? He does this ridiculous rationalization that like. She doesn't need the money if she's got the food stamps. But mm-hmm. we, we all know he knows this is bad and this is a this is like a new low. And so I think he takes like 50 and leaves 20. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I, I, I didn't do the bad that, you know, that's for worse. her part of the coke, you know, because he had like yeah. hundreds the night before. And this moment is just going to haunt him, as it were. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is just a representation of the lowest his alcohol takes him. Mm-hmm. You sort of get the sense that not exactly this, but this is the sort of Thing he's been doing for years now mm. but that particular just seeing that baby reach for cocaine mm-hmm. seeing that woman just passed out stealing her is money it, is there a, is there a, a, an illusion that she might be dead no no not no no okay. it, it, it sort of comes up like she she'll when you push the baby in with her she sort of turns around and cuddles it right and okay, there's this right, weird moment yeah. where like, they actually look quite sweet despite the fact mm. that the baby is just covered in shit she's black out coke drunk the place is a mess there's cocaine yeah so later on i think it's the shine will sort of tell him that she and the baby died Mm. nothing nothing direct because of this incident but they just i guess they just lived a rough life i think an ex-abusive boyfriend Mm -hmm. uh, would kill her and i can't quite remember despite the fact i read this this week but they both (laughs) die and that just sort of puts more spin on him. Like, yeah, haunts him even further. Um, mm-hmm. I guess he says, like, he was in a hole and he couldn't even help himself. Mm-hmm. But this this particular memory is the ghosting. Um, 
and he does it really well. It, it, it instantly put me in a memory of um, the stand mm-hmm. when oh god, I forgot his name. When the when the kid who's like a rock musician sort of sleeps oh, the and runs out, and it's like you ain't no nice guy. Yeah. But for the rest of the book, this this character who's just been not necessarily like Danny, not a bad guy, but not a good guy, mm-hmm. uh, but just very very um, ignorant of others very using person yeah like for the rest of this book this one character will just have this you ain't no nice guy echoing <laughs> and i think his mum yeah. is like you're a taker larry uh larry yeah larry, I mean, that's the one. yeah here we go uh and very, i think just just i don't know i'm not saying he's reusing any ideas it, I no. that in a nice way it was just yeah yeah completely you, you it's, do it's, these it's, haunting moments that mm-hmm. come come through this book that are, are mm-hmm. what is it, six and a half hundred page book and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel overused I guess it's a, it's a nice way to sum up his years of abuse. Yeah. Because this is sort of the main indication for him to turn around. Eventually, he ends up in a small town. He's sort of, I think he's an orderly and a janitor, mm-hmm. but he keeps getting caught drinking. So he just has to roll on down the town. Yeah. And eventually, he gets a job in this little town. It's like a little train driver. No, there's yes. a little train with a normal driver, a full-size driver. Yeah. And... I think he's an orderly. I think he's just sort of handymanning around the town, but mostly orderly yeah. at a hospice. And one night he just has a breakdown. It's either the little train driver or the doctor he's become to know. Mm-hmm. And he just says, I need help. He's just, he's just like down the bottle of scotch one night when he couldn't take it. Like he can always pull himself out of it in the moment. He can go even a few weeks without it at times, mm-hmm. but eventually he'll break. Relapse. Yeah. Um, I will say when he rocks up in this town, he does see Tony for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. He just has a vision of Tony waving at him from a window. Um, and, and I think that just hints that, I guess, The Shining has pulled him to this town. Mm-hmm. Like there's just a slight yeah. force, very much like the gentle fo- force pulling them towards the Overlook. There's, a, I guess, a reverse, I don't know what you call it, but like a force pulling them to him to this little town. Yeah. And so he... He sort of breaks down and oh, I really wish I wicked the characters. Uh, he breaks down in front of this guy. He, he, he knows and likes, but he doesn't know that well. Mm-hmm. And then herein, herein starts his AA recovery. Mm-hmm. And I think we jump like three or four years. Yes, he, he, yeah, he, he definitely spends a fair few years in this place. Because, because I, I thought it kept jumping to flashbacks, but I think I was just mistaken. Like I said, it was a very mm-hmm. fevered read of this for me. And that's where he gets the nickname, Dr. Sleep. So he's mm-hmm. working at this hospice. Mm-hmm. It's like an old people's home, isn't it? And he is not a doctor. He's just an orderly. But he's basically using his shine to help people pass on gently and quietly. There's like a cat, a cat with the shine, yes. maybe? Yes. Yeah, a cat that can scent people who are about to pass over to the other mm-hmm. realm. Um, and will basically t- turn up at their door and reside on the foot of their bed. Um, and he used Danny uses that as a cue to this is the person that's next going to pass over almost. Mm. It feels like one of those moments nice. where everyone else, everyone's like, How does he know they're going to die? I know they're going to die. A cat goes sits on that. I think the cat's, I think yeah. the cat's got something wrong with him and he's killing off our people. That's what I would <laughs> take from that. Um, so, so this sort of brings us into the next stage of the book, but I, I guess I'm just repeating myself. I love that first half of the book. Yeah. I think it's just it's just written pretty sweetly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it very much reminded me of um, uh, my my favorite chunks of Blaze. Right. Just okay. That, yeah. I don't know. I I just really like that sort of uh, 
character study. Yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't even nice that he was an alcoholic, but that that down and out, that traveling is not, I guess, a sort of road trip-ish. Yes. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I'll ever read this book again, but I could mm-hmm. definitely see myself just sitting down and reading the, that chunk again, for sure. Mm-hmm. For the next 100 pages, we get this slow switch. Then after that, I would say the entire book switches gear. Mm-hmm. It almost goes into movie mode. It's like, man, I, I can... It's, it's A, a testament to his writing that it's so mm-hmm. vivid and picturesque. And B, it's almost like he knew it was going to get made into a movie. Knowing how he feels or at least felt about The Shining, I don't mm-hmm. know. It, everything just feels slowly different to like, I'm not reading a screenplay, but he's, he's written a movie for the second mm-hmm. half of this book. But for that little transition, where are we? He, he starts making contact with a little girl. Well, she starts making contact with him more, isn't it? Well, that's true. And actually, I think this happened before, but we don't, at least he doesn't understand it. Because I think it's when she's a baby, she spikes out and reaches him, but he doesn't quite know what it is. And then in later life, when she's 12, 13. 13, yeah. mm -hmm. I guess because the book is set up until the last few acts, the book is set over a good few years. I think she, Mm -hmm. she grows a bit they sort of find a way to tentatively communicate. She can mm-hmm. write on like the chalkboard in, in, the, in the orderly, I guess the, the, night, the night manager's office. Yes. Just, just the office where all the patient stuff is with chalkboards and stuff. And that brings us to Abra. Yes. And Abra. the true knot. Yes. And I, oh. it's almost like the book kicks in. Like oh. they're saying, like it switches oh. gear. It's almost like he yeah. didn't want to yeah. write this... I keep, I don't know how, uh, not nervous, but what was his thought process writing a book to The Shining, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, do you want to do a Ghostbusters and repeat the same beats? Are we going to do another Haunted House novel? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we going to, I don't know. I had no idea what this is going to be. All I knew about this was that he's called Dr. Sleep because he helps uh, patients. I think I did see the trailer before I read it. And there was this vivid image of a woman with a hat. Yeah. I didn't know if she was good or bad at that mm-hmm. time. Um, so you didn't know much about the true knot before you got to the true knot? I didn't know anything about the true knot. Oh, wow. Do you want to tell us about the true knot and Abra? I think people are a bit sick of hearing me speak. Um, well, so we've established that Abra is a 13-year-old girl who is very adept at using the shine um, mm-hmm. and is very, very shine-heavy. She's powerful. Um, she is extremely powerful. She's like the Luke Skywalker, to go back to your reference. Um, Star Wars. She's Professor she's, X. Yeah, she is that. Professor X is a good one, yeah. She's that strong. She She's endowed, well endowed with the shine. Um, and the True Knot are basically a group, a dwindling group, when we, when we meet them, of people that feed off of the shine in essence and people that have the shine and they extract the shine inducing pain on the people that have the shine and the more pain that that person with the shine experiences the stronger the extraction mm-hmm. and i think they're and all that kids. is an essence uh, like pre, sorry pre, pre-pubescent mm-hmm. yeah that that's where the strongest people with the shine that get them from is kids yeah um, we have a quite an again quite a harrowing tale of is it? Oh, I want to say Billy, but mm-hmm. is it Billy? 
I think so. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, it's almost like Stockade Billy. Don't know if it is actually tied to that, but um, Billy, who is a small kid, again, 11, 13, who has some of the shine, but not as strong as Abra, is in no way connected to Abra. We just, mm. this is how we're introduced to the true knot. And he is a fan of baseball and he's taken and brutally murdered in a very mm. similar way to the, the kid in The Outsider. Kind of reminiscent of that from my from my recollection. Mm. Just tortured, just mm-hmm. any kid being tortured is pretty brutal, but yeah. tortured for the sake of yeah, I don't know, they're hurting him. There's no information yeah. extract, right? It's like it's like the uh, extraction of the screens in Monsters Inc. <laughs> it is like that. It yeah. is an adult version of Monsters yeah. Inc. <laughs> so the true knot are are led by uh, Hattie. So what's her name? She kind of takes over. She's high ranking. I think there's a few above mm. her, but yeah, she's she's sort of. Is that her name, Hattie? Oh, oh Rose the Hat. Rose the Rose Hat. The Hat. Yes, uh, and she, well, she picks up on. She senses people that have the shine over a large distance in space and time, mm. and can pick. And she is, in essence, leading this group and trying to sustain their existence by capturing and and inducing. She's like a radar. Mm. so the true knot I, it it gets a bit confusing how many there are because every now and mm. then there's just you take and then there'll be a list of names i've never heard like 10 of them. yeah I'm like, okay yeah so I'm, i don't know if there's like 50 I've, i'd say there's like 50 of them it, if i go if you go by the film there is with. there's around 25 in the in total okay that sounds about left right. at this yeah. point because a few of them do die along the way but and this is where i it took me a long time to adjust to this. Mm-hmm. Shine basically turns into like superpowers. Mm. Each of the true knot basically brings something unique with their shine. Mm-hmm. One of them can sort of disappear from, from the shine radar. One of them mm-hmm. has the shine radar. But considering how many of them are, we really don't get to know that many. We spend a lot of time with the true knot. We spend a lot of time with... Um, Rose and I think we're introduced to them so we get mm-hmm. we get this woman who is like sort of using her shine powers to just rip people off mm-hmm. she can she can put people to sleep yes. I think yes so she sort of like picks up men at bars sort of gets in there and says you want to take me to the cinema don't you so she can go see a movie and then when the guy gets sort of too heavy on her she'll just like you feel really sleepy don't you and the guy will just fall asleep mm-hmm. and then she can just like take their wallet Lift. and then yeah. and slip off. So this is how we introduce the true knot. She, they find her mm-hmm. and they basically knock her out and she wakes up like in, in a camper van in the desert. And they're like, so what's going to happen is we're the true knot. We, I don't know, OD'd on the shine. Mm-hmm. We're like beyond. If someone with the shine is like 90% human and 10% shine, we're like 90% shine and 10% human kind yeah. of yeah we basically go beyond we some of us are like hundreds of years old mm-hmm. um you'll start looking younger you'll live forever you'll feel good you have your powers are sort of mm-hmm. ramped up so they say to her she, she's too old for them to harvest the the steam they call it which is when you kill them for the life energy mm-hmm. and they basically say join us or we'll just strip you of your power and we'll just leave you here mm-hmm. and, and so she does and that's that's sort of how introduction to the true knot. And they they sort of spend their 
what do they say? America is the living body, the highways are its arteries, and the true knot slips along them like a silent virus. They basically live in like RV convoys. Yes. They basically yes, just exactly. travel it's up and great. down the state, um, but very rich. They're very quietly well to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say, like, if they get pulled over, they just have all their paperwork, mm-hmm. sort of thing. That flashback sequence in which they, they're at the tower when the towers come down. Yes. The towers, and mm-hmm. they're feeding off of all the the tragedy and mm-hmm. woe the, and pain and everything that's... The chaos of September mm-hmm. 11th. Mm-hmm. Which is I, not weird, it, it sort of did work, but mm-hmm. I guess you don't expect that to come into horror stuff. No, I didn't. So that, that, they did, it, was, it was a bit sort of like, ooh, mm. okay, yeah, 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 I can see why you would do that. But I guess even now, over uh, a week to process, I don't know how, how to take that particular scene. Yeah. So Abra could just spike out and so she, she, I think she, she comes into contact. She has a dream, doesn't she? That, she that, touches that, the milk carton, I think. So yes. The, the, the Billy Baseball, That's the it, baseball yeah, kid, yeah. goes missing. And mm-hmm. we know he's dead, but it's a small hometown. I think Abra lives like a few towns across from him. Mm-hmm. Just touches the missing picture on a milk carton. And her shine just connects to him, the way he was. And mm-hmm. she sees the gruesome kidnapping, the torture, what happened, what, who did what. She, she just plays <laughs> out the scene in, in like a mind movie. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just one, she's sort of got all the powers, her. And, and that's, I think, where the true not come onto her. They're like, someone's yeah, watching. Yeah, Rose, know, Rose senses that happening. We don't know who or what, but someone is, someone is watching. And then I think, I guess they start connecting at this point. They, they start... There's very open conversations via telepathy in this, mm-hmm. like clear as phone calling. Yeah. Um, this is what Danny and uh, Albra, or all of them. Yeah. yeah Abra okay. and everyone, I guess. Rose, yeah. I don't know. But uh, I guess at one point, Rose tries to get in her head. Yes. And she and, and Abra just sort of like, get out of my head and just, just knocks her from like, this is from like mm-hmm. across, not continents, but um, yeah. States. A very long space of time. Just, yeah. Just, yeah knocks her flying and it's like yeah. whoa this is probably the strongest person we've ever encountered the shine she's a little bit at this stage it's like let's turn her or eat her yeah we she could sustain us for years mm-hmm. to come or there's an earthquake when she does this this, mm-hmm. this is uh power the true not don't know anything about her or who she is they just know that there's a child somewhere with the strongest shine ever mm-hmm. so danny and Abra just get more and more chatty. And eventually they sort of, here's my email. And then they meet up and then it goes into this, these nice details. Like, I guess similar to when I was talking about the, the outsider. I don't even mm-hmm. think these things just happen in a few pages. It sort of, it, it sort of takes its time in a good way. And it, and it makes, it takes its time to establish how and why this would work. It's like an 11 year old girl is going to meet a strange man in a park. This, he's like, oh man. And she's like, What's a pedo? Why do you think everyone's going to think you're a pedophile? And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so they have to come up with this cover story. It's like, tell yeah. everyone I'm your uncle. But they're sort of meeting in a park near her home because she's 11. She can't exactly go far. I think she has to, mm-hmm. I can't quite remember, sneak off when she's with someone else's house. But um, we get these little hints all along the way of what the shine can do. I think one of her busybody friends comes and she's like, uh oh, when she's sitting next to Danny in the park, it's like, this friend is just going to ask everything and want to know who you are. She's just that type of person. So she sort of uses the shine 
to do the Jedi mind trick. Like nothing to see here. Move along. Yeah. Just just sort of preoccupies her. Yeah. To just to just carry on. There's a lot going on in this book at this stage, but mm-hmm. basically they're after her. He knows they're after her. What are we going to do? I guess. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm just sort of worried about the, the, either skipping out key bits or blaseing yeah. it, or, or what's no. important. Because I want us, no. I want us to say rounded up. They cat and mouse for the rest of the book, mm-hmm. and eventually the good guys win. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, in essence, yeah. Um, there, but the, the, we'll talk about some of the key moments, like the the one the one of the things that comes from the conversation between Alba and Danny. Danny gives her almost like he tells her to set traps in the same way that her Halloran uh-huh. told Danny to set traps for the ghosts so they the end up box. in the box, in the lockbox. He shares that sort of kind of same nugget of information with Alba. And Absolutely. Alba sets up this trap, which for me is one of the moments in this book that just, like I got goosebumps now thinking about it. I was <laughs> reading it on a, a platform waiting for my train home when I was working in Bath. And I was so engrossed in the book that I forgot to breathe. I forgot to look up. I missed my train. And it's one every 50 minutes or something like that. So I had another 50 minutes of sitting there waiting for this train. It just came into the station and left. It's literally like a meter from the seat that I was in to the edge of the platform where I get in on the train. I've never done that before. But this sequence, I was gone. There was nothing else that mattered but getting to the end of it. And I just remember breathing at the end of it and then looking up and looking at the time going, oh, that was like 10 minutes ago my train left. It was absolutely spectacular. And the moment I'm talking about is the, when she sets the trap for Rose the Hat for the next time she tries to invade her mind or her sleep. Mm-hmm. And she turns up as Daenerys on the horse. <laughs> It just basically beats the shit out of her. It was, oh my God, it was spectacular that moment. Mm. Absolutely incredible. Because Game of Thrones was at one of its, at its height at the time. So it made sense to me that this little girl was using a character that was in the zeitgeist of, she just, that's the like personification or the persona she took on to just beat down Rose the Hat. Mm. Um, and, and, in the dream, Rose tries to go in a drawer and the drawers have, have, have got alarms set and they slam shut on her hand and she has to pull her hand out and it rips all the skin off. And then when she comes back out of this spectral projection, is it spectral? Spectral projection um, that she's doing, she comes back into where she is and uh, all the skin on her hand's been ripped off in real time. And mm. oh, it's just wonderful. Mm. Such a powerful and emotive. Like they, they will take the shine to places you did, did not think it was going to go in this. Like this, mm-hmm. like you said, the the special thing. Like I don't know, like a good chunk of most of the end of the book, they're all in different locations. But Alba is mm. just sort of like, like you said, projecting herself to be mm. sat next yeah. to yeah. Astral she, projection. She can it. take over people's bodies. Yeah, she's yeah. very very powerful. And, mm. and just a child, she doesn't really some... know it. She's sort of discovering as she goes along. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there's, there's this nice stretch because we've, I guess the middle chunk, we, we sort of spend like a good five, like, I don't know, from three to 10 with her or something, or three to mm-hmm. 13. Like she has to sort of suppress it because of her parents. Like from a mm. young age, when she was growing up, she just stuck all the spoons to the roof. 
because she was testing yeah. her powers. Mm-hmm. She would always know, like, when a phone call was, you know, who was gonna mm-hmm. who's gonna be on the phone. But she could sort of learn early that it spooked out her parents, mm-hmm. and to just just say that it wasn't happening when she sort of knew it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? Yeah, that's what I liked about it. That, that like you were saying, that they, the difference between this and what happens in Star Wars with the Force is in Star Wars they don't build that up. They don't build it in. It's just suddenly this can be done with the force and this can be done with the force. It's just like, boom. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Alba, you are, you spend, like you say, from the ages of three to 10 and her abilities build throughout that period of time. It's not just suddenly we meet Alba when she's 13 and she can do all of these things. Mm-hmm. We glean this information at the same time that she does. And I think that's what King does really well in this with the shine. Um, and I guess, it's, it's I, expanding I it. Think she's getting, she got compared to a uh, 11 from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, but in reverse, I think this came out a few years. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the Duffer brothers have openly said, we're just taking oh, yeah, all, our, all our favorite King. Am, am I right thinking they, yeah, yeah, they were yeah, turned yeah, down for the It movie? Mm-hmm. They were like front runners for It, but like, mm, we don't know who you are, you haven't done anything. To, come back yeah. and you have something and i mean i, I think the it movie is fine but it turns out the mm-hmm. brothers are also good yeah yeah <laughs> so no, like it, very much it, so. it came on the ride of stranger things potentially mm-hmm. like a lot of that mm-hmm. nostalgia i think um yeah the duffel brothers have done a really good job of, of taking a massive king-esque broad strokes of king's work and implementing it into mm. the shine uh stranger things like from the font they use for the chapters Mm-hmm. It's the same font that he uses in most of his early books. And r- like r- r- retro. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, carry on. Where were you? Abby, what did you make of the whole true knot, Rose the Hat? I really liked, uh, I thought they were very vampiric. Um, yeah, there were spins on vampires, basically. Right? Yeah. And I thought they were suitably dark. I thought there was enough emotional gravity to the characters and to who they were that you would you could see why they were doing what they were doing mm. because they wanted to survive. They were a subspecies of humans that have a, a unique way of staying alive and existing and continuing to, to exist a lot longer than everybody else. And they're dying out. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to save themselves. And the only way they can do that is by inflicting pain on normal people, mm. to, well, semi-normal people. Um, so I thought they were well-rounded. I thought there was a lot to them, a lot more than they're the bad guys. Okay. Do you disagree? Me? I mm. I didn't hate them, but I did not like them. Mm. I've got to be honest. It's like I could put them in any YA novel or movie mm-hmm. and they would fit in just fine. Yep. Um, a bit just, just edging on too cartoony. Okay. Every single one of them had a name like Rose the Hat. This is Johnny the Thorn. Yeah, there's, Blackbird. The, there's Bobby yeah. Four Belts. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, they, they dropped them in without really getting to know anyone apart from maybe three of them. Mm-hmm. I never felt they were sinister. Oh, okay. That's okay. Yeah, it's I, true. I, they absolutely abducted and tortured and murdered a child, but we don't stay yeah. with them for that, if memory serves. Uh, yeah. I, I, which is fine, but this, despite having characters that can do that, never did they feel sinister it felt very cut there was most of if not all of alba and rose's dialogue was like you little rube you're a no one you're a coward don't call me a coward you're a coward like oh, okay mm-hmm. 300 pages later oh look the rube 
you think you're all that. You're just a coward. How dare you call me a coward? Like, man, <laughs> come on. I don't yeah. know. I, I didn't hate them, like I said, but for me... I can, I can, I can understand what you mean by it. They were, they were caricatures almost of... Like, think of a YA novel mm-hmm. and see if they would slip in. Mm-hmm. I honestly feel like they would. I, I don't know. They reminded me of it. I don't know if you've read or seen the movie uh, Miss, Miss Pettigree's Children. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Children, Peculiar Children, yeah. You know, the Dark Materials. I, I don't know. I did feel, I do feel that some of the peripheral parts of the True Knot, mm. they weren't that well rounded, mm. but the key ones, the ones that mattered, were given enough pages to understand um, like Rose the Hat, which I, I thought was exceptionally menacing, and her the two that sort of are around her all the time. She sends one off to go and get Alba, and they end up killing right, her she, parents. She and at one point. yeah, she, they kill her parents, which I thought was an extremely brutal sequence. Uh, huh? Whose parents? Alba's parents. Do they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do, don't they? No. They don't they get stabbed? Doesn't her dad get stabbed and? They try and uh, stop her from getting missed, going missing, and he, he never gets murdered. No, everyone, everyone. Here's, here's my problem with why I think that in in the end they're not particularly sinister. I was, I, I think everyone lived. No. Whoa. No one. None of the good guys die. They get a little wrecked. They get a little Did shot. They... Even the old, even the old man who's the train driver, who drives to the the remains of the Overlook yeah. Hotel. With mm-hmm. Danny as as a sort mm-hmm. of ruse into the den of the true not guy, which is a great ending. Though, by the way. Come comes out like, oh yeah, I'm going to need a hip replacement, but comes out walking. Mm-hmm. Like they, the true not never really have the upper hand. Danny I, and Albert some... are always on top. I, I see. I'm not. I, I I need to go back. I haven't seen it. Read it for a while, but from my recollection, I thought that the, her father was killed uh i think he gets shot or stabbed maybe but but hmm. i don't know sure I, I, yeah maybe maybe i'm wrong but um again if you've got if you can remember then write it in the comments and clear it up for us but i'm sure i might don't. be completely wrong because they, they're on to the true knots plan and so mm. they have this sort of ruse of like she is going to project herself as it were into this park that she's playing mm-hmm. while she's actually in her I don't know, someone else's house, nice mm-hmm. and safe. And then the true lot rock up at this park and it's like the dad, Danny, and maybe the doctor, I think, are the three mm-hmm. adult players. And so basically waiting with guns and mm-hmm. basically wipe out that small set of the true lot. Yeah. Like Rose isn't there because she's worried that she's become a beacon and she'll give their position away to Alba. Um, Abra, not Alba. Yeah, I think I've been calling her Abracadabra. Uh, yeah, Abra. Yeah, so yeah, it's a bit. I don't know. Like towards this end, like it, it's it's very energetic. It's very thrilling. Mm-hmm. It's very like a race against time because the the true not believe they're dying. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a sort of race against time for the true not to get Abra because they think she can cure them. Uh, and as a result, Danny has like we have to strike first, or we we have to protect her, but we can't spend the rest of our lives looking over her shoulder. Like, and I guess this is a callback to the little boy. He's, he's just tr- trying to redeem, like, he does actually genuinely care for him. I think that's something done quite well, is just mm-hmm. the friendships in this. Even, even, when, mm-hmm. even when Danny tells Abra, like, now is the time to tell your parents about me, about everything. I'm thinking that's a hard conversation. Mom, I've been meeting a man in the park 
We've been talking yeah. for a few years now. <laughs> uh, my life's in danger. There's people yeah. after me. And, and it sort of plays out as you'd expect. The dad's like, yeah. fuck this. Who are you? I'm calling the cops. Again, I think having a doctor on board brings gravitas. I think uh, like someone that mm -hmm. the dad knows who's a doctor can sort of say, just please listen. And, and this, this is all real. Mm -hmm. We get a few tie-ins, huh? I think they, they skim past. They say like the true knot have, have just like, little locations where their power is good. And I think Jerusalem is not this chucked in. Mm -hmm. I thought, what did you, you think to the ending? I, uh, the very, very end. It was, it's all right. Yeah. I thought it was just a bit, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Cause they go back to the, um, they're, they're on like the, the, the location of, yeah, of the, the overlook, the hotel, the overlook. Yeah. It's sort of one of the true knots big campgrounds because they mm -hmm. move around in these big RVs. I, I don't know. I, actually, the the whole end, the the finale showdown with Rose was a bit underwhelming. Like I was racing to it because it's, like I said, it's a very high octane ending. Mm -hmm. Despite the Breath, fact, breathless is what I thought. Yeah, it's weird because it even takes place over a few days. Even when they say we need some sleep and they're they're waking up and having coffee and talking, it still mm -hmm. feels like that you still have that sense of urgency, which is great. And mm -hmm. I think one thing you feel is definitely their tiredness. Mm -hmm. I think throughout half of them are getting like drugged by a drug and they're like, yeah. oh, we need to move. It's like, yeah, but you can't drive after you've been you know, knocked out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I thought it was going to be a bit more chunky in, in the overlook. It sort right. of felt like it, it had its moment and it dealt mm -hmm. with it, but that's all it was, was a moment rather than a scene, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yes. I did really, it took me a little while to, to adjust to the switching of the pace, like I said. Yes. Uh, I guess I can see what he's trying to do. Well, not trying to do. I, I can I can see why he would want to do this. Yes. Like, like I said, like what, what else is he going to do unless he's treading old ground? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, he, he takes it in a, a variety of directions. Um, he takes it in a new direction. Yeah, completely. And, I think it needed. And he does it well. Whether mm -hmm. you whether you think I don't want this to be about this. What, what is the, mm -hmm. the true? Not this is bullshit. He still does it well. You, you can't deny mm -hmm. that it's it's sort of. A, it, exciting fun fun read which and i yes. guess the contrast is just the shining never felt like that it's no. tonally it's tonally so different to the shining mm -hmm. but 30 40 years later fuck it let him do what he wants yeah <laughs> that's it yeah, his characters i, I feel like he's them. still even in the afterwards it's or even the, the beforehand maybe he's still having a dig at kubrick uh, yeah <laughs> he's like so i've written a sequel not to that film everyone else seems to love. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's funny, I, I was listening to a, a review. Uh, I started off listening to a review of the differences between the book and film. I was like, oh, I'm going to stop because I've, I haven't mm -hmm. seen the film. But someone was saying, like, do you think um, nowadays he seems to stand behind with two thumbs up every single adaptation? Yeah. Even, even that really shoddy Dark Tower movie. Yeah. Like, this yeah. has yeah. me backing it. It's great. Do you yeah. think it's like, oh, you know what? I didn't hate The Shining. I just had my issues and it's been going on for so long and it's dragging and everyone always asks me about it. I'm just going to say I love everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Especially like... Best. Yeah, completely. I think as I was saying, he, he would have been like, you know, his, his second or third book, very young. Mm -hmm. I, I think someone was saying they've watched The Making Of and Kubrick didn't really want him on set. Mm -hmm. He wasn't particularly welcome. He was sort of, I guess, seen as meddling. Yes. Yeah, completely. And I think anyway. when you do watch the film, what 
Mike Flanagan, the director of, of Doctor Sleep, the film does it really well, is marry the two. The book, Kubrick's film, mm. and Doctor Sleep. That's a hell of a He task, takes all it? three. It's really tricky. And what he does is really clever, and it's very good. It works very well. Mm. Um, I, I do yeah. need to talk about Halloran. Yes. Effing hell. Come on. That was shit. I was what happened so to him? I disappointed. can't remember. They sort of lose contact. Mm-hmm. I think when he slips into his, like drinking alcohol, he says, like, my mum probably knew, but chose not to say anything. But I couldn't look Dick in the face. And I just grew up, you know, what was I supposed to do? Keep in contact with this guy. Mm-hmm. So he sort of thinks, thinking of his age then, he'd have to be like 90 now or, or 80. But he's like, but people sometimes live that long. Yeah. But he does find out he died. And no, three characters and they're all dying off set. Come on. And like I said, Haran was my favorite. King, if you're listening, I, mm-hmm. honestly, Haran running around the Vietnam War with the shine. Come on, that's somewhere in there is gold. Come on, think about, <laughs> you know, he loved, he loved like uh, El Cuco. It's got to yeah. be some cool Vietnamese folklore yeah. horror you can play with, with Haran and the shine and the mm-hmm. time. Maybe you should write it. The, the ratio, yeah, I was fan thinking fiction. about going to some sort of fan site, but yeah. yeah. So when he needs his help, he goes to one of his dying patients sort of and in their dying breath he sort of i don't know or maybe he's called actually he's either called or he calls but the ghost of halloran like comes out in shining steam format right i can't remember this bit at all and you know how when you're watching like ghostbusters you're like oh there's the uh, bill murray cameo yeah or you're watching i don't know like like one of these soft reboots and it has the cameos this felt yep. like that. Right, okay. This, and so Halloran comes out and he basically has some questions. He's like, who are the true not? Who's Alba? What do I do? And Halloran's like, man, I'm dead. This is like a dream <laughs> in a dream. I can't stay long, but yeah. here's some wise... Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I wouldn't say this now, but uh, considering uh, how people felt about a lot of King's early work, like, here's some magic black guy advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but now I'd say he's a bit Obi-Wan Kenobi-ish but and then, and then he goes and yeah I hated that okay it just yeah, felt enough. like I don't really movie, remember it, it just, so that's probably a testament the movie cameo mm-hmm. where like out of respect to the actor we're bringing him in sort of thing mm. there are some heartbreaking scenes in this one of the giveaways that people are dying or something is wrong with them are flies He'll see flies that other people can't see. So when his friend is like a bit sick, he knows it's like, you need to get checked, just get screened. Maybe it's cancer, maybe it's early enough to treat. There's just two or three flies on his face when they're talking, for example. When he's in the hospice, there's no flies. He thinks mm-hmm. it's like, it's just too obvious. They're definitely dying. He does, the shine doesn't need to tell him they're dying. But sometimes he can be around people with like 10 or 20 flies. And it's like, this guy has cancer or something. Something bad has mm. happened to this guy soon. And then where is it? It says, Dan, however, had laid sleepless most of the previous night and wouldn't take no for an answer. He might, he might have if he'd been convinced it was too late. He didn't think it was. He had seen the flies before and learned to gauge their meaning. A swarm of them, enough to obscure a person's features behind a veil of nasty, jolting bodies, and you knew there was no hope. A dozen or so meant something might be done. Only a few, and there was definitely time. There had been only three or four on Billy's face. He never saw any of them on the faces of the terminal patients at the hospice. 
Dan remembered visiting his mother nine months before her death on the day when she had also claimed to feel fine in a pink, absolutely tickety-boo. What are you looking at, Danny? Wendy Tolerance had asked. Have I got a smudge? She had swiped comically at the tip of her nose, her fingers passing right through the hundreds of death flies that were covering mm. her chin to her hairline like a cool. Mm-hmm. Man, that breaks, like, oh, suddenly this is like midway in the book or something. Oh, Danny had to really suffer when his mum died. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, just that image of his mum being covered in hundreds of flies for like a nine months, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, stuff like that. Just, yeah. But I, I don't no, know. But, yeah. but then to not have her die, not have us there when she dies and him there. See, but they, see, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm thinking in my head. Like, that, that, enough, that is enough for me. That, is, that tugs on the heartstrings and it leaves enough to the imagination to be able to warrant the off-camera death. Mm. I don't need to spend more time with her dying to know that that was painful, what he went through. That that paragraph you just read there was mm, enough true, context. Oh, it's just that, I guess it, for me, that's echoes of like his early shining writing, for mm-hmm. example, where just, you know, w- one small paragraph and just churn my stomach and just mm-hmm. stay with me. I think the the description of the lady in the bathtub, who has a name, mm-hmm. she's, she's, she's one of the key ghosts that's yeah. floating around in this one. Just her, her rotting flesh, swollen belly descriptions just so, stuck with me after all this time. Do they come back at the end of this book? So I, I thought, because there's a lot of like uh, them knowing the plan and winking at us, the audience, without us knowing. It's like mm-hmm. at one point, Abra draws something on the chalkboard and that we have to get this object. And then he's going out of his way to not tell us what this object is. for Not for ages, but I, I guess to give us suspense in scenes where mm-hmm. there's, there's no real villain. And I think that turns out to be like Billy's baseball glove or something. Because mm-hmm. if she, once they find her baseball glove, she can, Abra can touch that and connect with the true knot. And so at the end, it's, it's all about the plan. I think to, to get the parents to agree, they have to sort of pretend it's going to be a plan A, but Danny and Abra have their own sort of secret plan, which is plan B. I thought mm-hmm. it was. I thought he had the entire overlook in in right. trunks in his mind. I thought he was going to like yeah. unlock like a thou like the the twist would be like he's been collecting these. He's been haunted all his life, and he had like mm-hmm. hundreds of lock boxes with different ghosts, and he was just going to unlock them all somehow. Mm-hmm. Kind of, but no. I think I think when we get there in the end, there's there's still only like two or three. Yeah, um, and he does he does unlock them to sort of throw them off. I think one of them does get taken out i guess if you're a true not you're you're in a different plane of existence and the yeah. ghosts are are just stronger on you and drawn yeah. to you and there's there's someone hiding in a shed that's got taken out by last lady and this was a bit obscure but so you are would like does does his dad come back in this yeah mm-hmm. like when he's tussling with rose with rose yeah and i think abra is in his body i don't know it got it got a little not convoluted but where is everyone here? Mm-hmm. I, 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 like, I'm not sure if Abra was in his body or just astral projecting and helping out. Mm-hmm. But they're sort of tussling on, a, I don't know, some sort of balcony lookout. Because the hotel's That's not there. It, yeah. It's now a camping ground. Yeah. And I guess just, just when Rose has the upper hand, there's like a shot that rings out. Mm-hmm. And she sort of falls and then slowly dies after like 
cursing them with Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and so the sort of book wraps up, you're like, what was that shot? I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. And then just, just as Danny's leaving, he turns around one last time just to see the, the, the ghost of his dad mm-hmm. sort of waving. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for my recollection, it doesn't, I thought, I thought Jack Torrance pushes Rose off, off the balcony, comes in and goes, Poof. but oh, me, maybe. I don't, I don't know because there's definitely no guns there. This is what was mm. odd. I'm like, where'd that shot come from? Maybe it was shock. Maybe you are 100% mm. right. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. does so, make so sense. I'm pretty why, sure that's what happened. Why did Danny's dad come back with a gun? <laughs> yeah. Distance? Um, that's it. He was not a sniper. <laughs> that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. It almost felt like he's letting go of his issues with his dad. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. fact that it was his dad's ghost. I don't know. I have a bit mixed feelings like this. Mm-hmm. I don't mind his dad's ghost being there, but just flat out helping and being a good guy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Again, yeah, it just I could can, have eaten some more emotion out of this somewhere. It was surprisingly very unemotional moment mm. for that. For me, in both the book and when I saw it on film, is that when he opens that chest, and all the, the the repressed memories of the Overlook come pouring out mm. and just seize on Rose and just tear her to pieces and start ploughing in on her um, and feeding off of her the same way that she's fed off of all of her mm. victims was so satisfying. And it was a great ending. And then for her to be sort of like, one last grab and it to be Danny's uh, dad, Jack, just go, get out of here. Mm. Leave my son alone was was oh, getting there, but like you say, it's very sort of heroic, filmic. Did his dad earn that? I thought that the, I think I think the so. Perfect I think ending so. for the dad in The Shining was exactly what happened. Like he mm-hmm. he has his hands around Danny's throat. Danny's like, "It's take off your mask, or what have you? Like it's it, Dad, mm-hmm. come back. This isn't you." And he just has enough strength to bash his own face in. Mm-hmm. That's how he helps. Mm. He's like he's like Riley in in uh, Midnight Mass. How you help yeah. is just by standing aside and let everyone else getting on. Yeah. So the hero stuff doesn't suit you. Um, yeah, almost a bit of fan service, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I didn't hate it, but it no. just like it stuff like that is what made this like right. a like a non classic. I don't know if time will be not kind to this novel. I think the people who don't like it because it's not The Shining are never going to come around to it. And the people who no, don't like it... No, I completely agree. Like I said, as much as I love the first sect of this, the second half turns into just, just really good thriller land. Mm, yeah, and, wrong and, that, But I feel like in time, it will be, have you read The Shining? Oh, God, it's so good. And there's a sequel. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't feel like people will talk about this in any of the same light. I remember at the time, a lot of reviews were very sort of not negative but like you kind of like uh, didn't really need to exist the shining was perfectly great on its own did we really need a sequel it's okay Almost it's like not great this is um, a sequel to danny not the shining if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah completely agree um, um but i was I, I i thoroughly enjoyed this book at the time of reading it like i said i was there was many a time um, it was like the best of uh, Dan Brown, if you would, with his every page gives leaves you with a hook and wants you to go to the next page. 
that's how this book felt to me. It, it, it was a throwback to some of the best King that I've read, like The Dark Half and things like that, because it just, I was there in that moment, in that world with these characters, fully believing it and didn't want to get out. Um, and it probably had one of the strongest hooks of any of the, the King, more recent King books that I've read. This, for me, feels like the first page turner of his I've read in a long time. Mm -hmm. That's and exactly what I'm saying. Actually, my other page turners, I think a lot of people wouldn't like, huh? that's a bit obscure. Um, aren't really, I, like, I, I really like Insomnia. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I, like I, I think one. it does have good reviews, but it's something that's very easily forgotten about him. Mm -hmm. On reflection, I'm like, they clearly had the shine. Or another level of the sh kind of mm -hmm. yeah. shine-ish. Um, but yeah, like, I, like you know, I know it's easy for me to say, well, I was on a train. What was I going to do for five hours? But, mm. but you know, you can't just say I'm going to do that and it's easy when the book's not very readable no. or yeah, good exactly. or interesting. You can I, see I still why I was the, excited. The, the One thing, I don't know. I guess it does work, but we read The Outsider. Mm. A, bit, a bit of a spoiler for The Outsider here. I was like, oh, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit not sick off, but I, I don't think I want to read another fear monger like succubus thing that feeds off fear mm -hmm. you said well i'd really like you to re i'd really like to get what you thought of uh, dr sleep i thought it's like the equivalent of going i oh, should check out misery none of that stuff there's completely different no 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 if no, i'd no, have read no. this right after the outsider ooh, i would have been annoyed at you toby oh you're lucky there was a big gap there oh uh, brilliant yeah, yeah, because it's it's just basically what they are. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, I agree. Definitely one of the the most page turnery books of his. Mm. Probably up to the Outsider. Actually, the Outsider was quite a page turner for me. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, not not quite on this level, but I, I did really mm -hmm. enjoy the process of reading the Outsider for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just unexpected levels of unexpectedness. I think. That's, mm. the, that's the, the the new yeah I, I guess I don't know like it, it went the opposite of the show, like it mm -hmm. exactly it sped up when the shining slowed down and vice mm -hmm. versa yeah I, I, I would honestly say half a classic half a great read mm -hmm. all king all king yes yeah most I think it's the, probably the most positive we've been it feels like it's the most sequels? positive that's a good question I guess Mr. Mercedes uh, has a couple. Yeah. I guess I haven't read that, but without spoiling it, is Mr. Mercedes three parts of a book or is it three separate books? Uh, if, if that, no, it's sense. three separate books. Okay. Um, I guess The Dark Tower has many a sequel, but that's that's yeah. meant to be a series, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah, there's just three... Yeah, three books of... It's a crime novel with three different stories in with the central characters being the same. Right, 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 right. Sherlock style, mm -hmm. yes, exactly. The, the further cases, um, of and, and they're, 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 they're actually quite good as well. Page turners, that's the other one you mentioned that you want me to read, yeah, every, at some point. No, definitely no succulents in the Mercedes trilogy. You heard it here first, no, no, there's definitely none. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember if I'm but I mean even, even that it didn't go too hard into that no it, it didn't feel overdone even though it was like I oh, do it again it was more like the fear is in the moment 
I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I don't know. For some reason, despite the fact he's used it a lot, this particular book, for reasons I guess I can't fathom, because we do spend a lot of time with the true knot, it didn't feel overdone. No. It's just surprising. Mm-hmm. I'm pleased you read it. I'm pleased you enjoyed it more than anything, because I was very fearful going into this that you weren't, you're going to come back as a slide of dross. <laughs> but you didn't. Mm. Uh, and that's quite good. I'm pleased about that. So yeah, there we go, Doctor Sleep. What, what did you think at home listening? We need mm. to do this. I was watching a video on like, w- what point should you ask for likes and subscribes? It's really early on. It's in like the. It's basically do an intro, like give them a hook, then yeah. do the like and subscribe and comment. Yeah, I don't know. Not right at the end. Smash that like button. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess I don't want it superficial. Don't don't like it if you didn't like yeah. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. And if you didn't make it to the end, it's because they were drunk. Apparently, because that's all our listeners are drunks. Drunks. Do do What's next? So yes, thank you very much for listening, and join us again soon for more book by book. <laughs> Whichever one comes out next. <laughs> Thank you very much, this is Bye. Hey, we're going to wrap it up around there. I want to thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed. Join us again next episode. And until then, support your local bookstores and have a great day. <laughs>